0: Welcome back to the Yellow Podcast. Today I'm finally talking to another badass female photographer and I am talking about Catherine Simmertz. You probably know her as My Detox Travel, which was her username for the longest time but she recently switched to only Cat Simmertz. But however, we had a super, super interesting conversation about her creative journey as a photographer. We talked about solo traveling we talked about work and travel in New Zealand also talked about how she has discovered her style and also something really interesting that we touched on are uh, the benefits of shooting over popular spots and how it can actually spark your creativity so yeah I hope you guys enjoy this episode and without further ado the yellow podcast up next Hi, how are you?
1: Hey Julia, I'm good, and you?
0: I'm really good, so good to finally chat with you.
1: Yes, it's so funny because I I was just thinking, I think the first time we started to chat on Instagram, it was about New Zealand, if I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. A while ago, like back in 2017 or something. Exactly, yeah,
0: I actually wanted to ask you about that, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, where, where are you right
1: now? So I am in uh, Quebec, so uh, this is where I'm based, this is where my family is, this is where I I grew up. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's a pretty flat place, it's on the east coast of uh, Canada, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's no mountains really, but at least there's a little bit of nature, so I can go out and take some walks and, you know, just uh, stay sane. (laughs) Mm, Yeah.
0: (laughs) How um, does a typical quarantine day look like for you?
1: Uh for me I like to wake up um just like naturally you know there's no um schedule so I just allow my body to have a full 8 to 9 hours of sleep which uh, mm. I usually don't do when I'm traveling yeah <laughs> so I feel maybe I'm just recovering from all the past uh, travels from the last uh, 3 years um but yeah so uh, just like let's say around like 8 or 9 o'clock and then have a coffee um and then go for a walk, uh, and then come back, uh, and then start my day with emails. And yeah. um, I like to do a bit of e- uh, editing every day. And if I'm not editing, then I try to uh, watch some tutorials from other photographers or YouTube tutorials. Just to kind of like keep learning and use that time to uh, keep improving my uh, my skills.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's def- it's definitely the time right now to do that. But um, yeah. yeah, also important to take a rest, as you said, because especially for our busy or, or like um, I, I wouldn't. See, yeah, well, it is busy, but it's just for me, it's like the past two years have just been going and going and going. And it never really came to like a full stop. Like yeah. I had some
1: rests in between,
0: but it was just like constantly going. So now it's really nice to take it slow a little bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, I feel that you're so used to be like on the go and uh, just never stop that it's, it's for me, it's actually a little bit difficult to um, be like, okay, I'm going to take that time to chill and relax Yeah, and not feel guilty about not doing anything. <laughs> no, no, I
0: get that. I get that. Yeah. Well, um, let's dive into your creative journey and maybe let's just start at the beginning. Have you always been... Creative as a kid.
1: Um, so as a kid, I I was enjoying arts uh, in general, um, but I have to say I was mostly focused on science. So I was studying uh, mostly like bio, um well, science uh, like pure science it's it's called. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, also, my entire family is more like a science background. Uh, my dad he's a dentist, and my aunts and just my entire family is mostly uh, doctor oriented. So I feel that maybe I was focusing a bit more on that and uh, leaving aside my creative uh, side. Um, and uh, yeah, but I mean, I've, I've always been enjoying arts in general, but I, I never thought I would uh, make a living out of, uh, out of uh, photography or any kind of art. So yeah, pretty pretty awesome.
0: And how did you come about like traveling and photography?
1: Yeah, so um, basically, I um, after, after I uh, finished my sciences in college, my goal was to uh, become a doctor. So I studied biomedical sciences, um, but at the same time, I was uh, doing a bit of modeling, um, and then at that time, I I felt that my passion was a bit more. Towards uh, fashion in general, so I decided to leave science and go study fashion, and uh, I quickly started booking some jobs as an art director and fashion stylist. Um, Oh, nice! Yeah, so I did that for about like four years. I went to New York to build a portfolio, and I I was I, I had a lot of success in in this in this field, and I was enjoying it very much because it was creative. Um, but it's funny because I, I remember I was seeing the photographers, it's like doing a fashion shoot and I would be like, Oh my God, I'm never going to be like, this is not for me. Like I, I don't, yeah, yeah. it was looking like so complicated. So I ne- I never thought that I, I had this in me. So I think this is why I, I mostly decided to, um, stick to, um, you know, just like the art direction and, and the fashion styling. So I was doing mm. that, um, and then uh, in parallel, I was also doing uh, modeling. Um, but then I don't know. there's just like a, I reached a point where I just realized that um, it, it wasn't like uh, fulfilling me anymore, and I was not really happy anymore in this field. Um, and then I met someone, and, and the guy, he said, "Hey, do you want to go traveling with me?" So I said, "You know what? Why not?" So I just like, so I yeah. just I just decided to uh, break brick uh, the lease of my apartment and then sell all, all my designer clothing and buy a one way ticket to um, Australia and then I started traveling with that guy who's my boyfriend today. His name is uh, Alexi, and um, yeah, so we started traveling together and then we did a bit of uh, farm work in Australia. Um, I worked in uh, so basically we arrived there and we had like a thousand bucks in the pockets and uh, we had like no idea what to do and uh we started looking for jobs and we um found a job at a uh, cherry farm so we did some cherry picking for um Mm -hmm. for a bit uh we went down to Tasmania to do more cherry picking so we did some some (laughs) a lot of farm work in Australia and then we ended up um doing some work at a banana farm uh, and I stayed there for like a year and a half so I did a lot of farm work so this oh, is wow. kind of like how I started traveling and um, it was a really really crazy experience.
0: And how did you, did you like take pictures along the way? Um,
1: so at that time I was not doing any uh, photography yet uh, however I had my phone and uh, I was just kind of like taking some you know just stupid photos of beach and and palm trees and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and uh, my boyfriend Alexi he was sponsored by um a bandana company because he was doing some uh fly fishing professionally and that's that bandana company mm. uh, kind of like saw my work through my instagram because I was starting to pose on on instagram I think it was back in 2015 or something And the, the bandana company Mm -hmm. reached out to me and they were like, Hey, we really love your photography. Would you like to uh, take some photos of our products for us? And I was like, sure. (laughs) And I had no idea (laughs) how to use a camera or like no idea about photography. And I said, yes. So then I decided to um, buy a camera and just, you know, go for it, uh, fake it until you make it. And (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so uh so yeah so I started by um taking some photos of people wearing bandanas and like doing all kinds of different uh, outdoor activities like uh, running, uh, swimming, whatever, hiking. Uh, so that oh, th- this is how the mm-hmm. photography thing started but I can't say that I was loving it uh when I started because um I was not really you know, I was shooting people and, and my, my thing clearly now is uh, landscape. So, but at that time, I didn't know that I was yeah. enjoying landscape photography. So this came later.
0: Hmm. So how how did that transition then into, like, was there a specific moment where you knew that that you wanted to do landscape or was there a specific Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: So after I... Um, finished my farm work, I had saved quite a bit of money, and um, I decided to take a solo trip through uh, Indonesia, Hawaii, and then um, the Canadian Rockies. So Indonesia and Hawaii was nice, mm, nice. Um, but you know, it's not like huge mountains over there, so I was kind of like seeing what I liked, and then I had my camera, I was experimenting, but nothing crazy. But then I arrived in the Canadian Rockies with the huge mountains and like snow covered peaks. And I was like, whoa, I've never seen mm. anything like that. I've never experienced anything like that. Um, seeing like huge mountains like that. Um, so basically I rented uh, a car for three weeks and then I took a road, a solo road trip, uh, through the Rockies. And then I met up with other photographers and went on the hikes and slowly um i i kind of like figured that uh i was really really enjoying this uh just like the travel photography landscape photography and um every time i would like take a new hike or do um scrambling which i think maybe you know um so uh yeah, yeah. i just i i just realized that uh, i just really really enjoyed doing that uh, and especially scrambling because it's kind of like off trail. So you reach viewpoints that haven't been photographed before and they're that are very unique. So I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like, yeah, I just pushed uh, uh, in, in in this way um, and I uh, came back home after the Canadian Rookies and I was like, wow, okay, this is what I want to do. And after that, I decided to take uh, the trip to uh, New Zealand. So it all came from there.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that you did um th- this was like a solo trip. How how is it for you? Did you do a lot of solo trips and do you yeah, like sure. doing um, solo
1: trips? I think it's uh, my favorite way to travel because I feel that when you're alone, like let's say like you're with some friends or with your boyfriend whatever, you're kind of you you kind of stay with mm-hmm. these people, but then when you're alone, you force yourself a bit more to um go talk to other people and maybe meet people that you would not have met if you were your, you know, typical circle of friends. Um, and this is, this is what I, I really like. Just like yeah. getting to know, just like meet new people. Um, and also I think that uh, solo traveling is just amazing for getting to know yourself more and discovering your strengths and your weaknesses and at, for me it's the it's the best way for like anybody that's kind of like um, on a self discovery journey I think it's the best way to to get to know yourself yeah. and, uh, and and just grow um, and I mean it was like a two months and a half three months traveling so it was quite a long trip um but even after that I just kept taking like solo trips or let's say if I start a trip with some friends then after that i just make sure that i have at least like two or three weeks by myself to explore uh by myself because it's it's very important for me mm-hmm. to do that um not that i don't enjoy being with people but i feel that there's just something so refreshing by being alone and and just motivating it, motivating yourself uh, to go get up in the morning and uh, you know go for a sunrise and it's like it takes yeah, a yeah. lot of strength and um, yeah i really love that I really love that.
0: Yeah, it's definitely good uh, for character yeah. building and uh confidence, like going to just to talk to some random people you see on a campground. It like it yeah. takes uh, quite some courage. <laughs> At least for me, like I'm a quite or I used to be a very yeah. introverted and a shy person. So um yeah, but uh for for people who want to go on a solo trip and they are kind of, you know, like scared because obviously it's for a lot of people it's like overwhelming to like think of going alone. What would be an advice for like people being scared of that?
1: When I started doing uh, the solo road trips, I remember I, I shared a lot of my like adventure on social media, so I did get a lot of questions about that, and um, I think for me. Mm -hmm. the best thing is to have I I say like a mini plan plan so just to have an idea of where you're going you don't have to plan everything but just to have like some key points Um, and just do a little bit of research so you Mm -hmm. don't get stuck somewhere let's say that you want it to go uh, to a, a specific area but then you realize that there's no buses running until the next day then You know, if you would have planned that or or know that, you wouldn't be stuck in the dark in the street. Yeah. It it sounds
0: like it happened to you. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, it did. Yeah. It it was a fairy, actually. It was a fairy. Um, but um, yeah. So it's just, I think, you know, just like basic planning uh, is is uh, just a a good trick to avoid situations like that. But also when stuff when um things like that happen Mm -hmm. not to panic um and not to think about the worst that could happen i think just take life easy and just like stay sane and and just go with the logic and uh, yeah but at the same time you know it's there will be some changes in the plans and and you will meet new people that will offer you let's say like uh, opportunities to go somewhere so it's good to stick with the plan, but sometimes also it's good to get out of the plan a little bit and just say yes to uh, new new experiences and new adventures because you don't want to kind of like miss that. Um, but yeah, just be open-minded and just like mindful. Um, and uh, yeah, just have, have your little uh, antennas uh, out just to, uh, you know, if we sense that something is not right, then just step away or double check or yeah so it's just about common sense I think
0: yeah I agree that's um I think that's also really important for for being a female solo traveler because I know that um often I don't know there's just a stereotype of like girls shouldn't travel alone which is complete crap (laughs) because yeah but of course, like I, can, I also remember when I um, was planning for my trip uh, to New Zealand, which was also a solo trip. Um, there were a lot of people were like saying, "But well, are you not afraid? Why are you going alone? Why don't you bring your friends?" And I was just like, "I want to do it alone, you know. Like I, I want to have the experience what it means to travel to a complete different country on the other side of the world by myself." And yeah, like. It it takes some courage, but it's also probably one of the best decisions or experiences you're gonna have.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure, and I, I'm I'm sure you have met like a lot of incredible people that maybe you would have not met or not hung out if you would have been with like your friends. And uh, so, for how long did you travel alone in uh, in New Zealand?
0: Alone? Well, I've been there for like six or seven months, okay, and. Yeah. I was, I was like kind of circling always like two, three weeks alone. And then I met up with some photographers from the area and then I was alone again. And then I met up with new people and kind of, it was on and off. So it was a really nice balance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so you were, you were in a van just like me. I remember, I think you were asking about the van. So you ended up buying a van, right?
0: Yeah, I yeah. I yeah, it was a quite a interesting experience and I also yeah. spent a lot more money than I planned. Okay. But I, for me like that experience was it was just like I I don't know it's like you can't buy that experience, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that what you learn out of that is like you can't learn it anywhere else in a book. Or you know, so you just have to experience it, and that trip t- taught me so much, and also helped me develop my photography and stuff like that. Okay. But yeah, I wanted I wanted to talk to to you about this. Uh, why did you decide to go to New Zealand?
1: Um, so I, I I got influenced by Alexi uh, <laughs> because there's a yeah. lot of good uh, trout fishing over there. So. I was like, okay, okay. And also the mountains and just everything I heard about New Zealand in general. um, uh, I was just really, really attracted to that. Um, Another thing is that I wanted to go somewhere I could work because I wasn't doing photography full-time or I don't even think it was more than 5% of my income. So I had to find a way to work. So I ended up um, applying uh, to work uh, as a house like doing some housekeeping in the uh, mm-hmm. Moncook National Park uh, hotel. Yeah. I remember. And it was like yeah, it was like the only the only place I uh, applied and I I wrote like a huge letter. I really really wanted to work there because I knew that I could go out on the weekends and go shoot. Yeah. Um so I I I set like the best application and then 3 days after uh, they they wanted to interview me and then 3 days after I was already starting to work so uh yeah it went well and uh, it was just so amazing to uh go out you know on the weekends and at nights to shoot the night sky I mean you've been there you know how crazy the night sky is over there yeah. it's just like mm-hmm. so bright with the stars and yeah and then uh, just like the Cook National Park the entire area you could spend like weeks over there and, and not get bored even though it, it's quite a small park there's not like like uh, 30 trails there's just like a couple but i think there's enough for you to do photography for a couple of months there um so it was really my goal to to go there and work there so i ended up finding finding some work there so i worked there for like three months um and then uh after my after i finished working there i took about a month to uh, travel around and, and do some more photography going down to milford sound uh that yeah. I know, we've been, yeah such a crazy yeah. place um it is. Mm-hmm. so yeah it was just beautiful but um yeah i think the the it's it's also where i really realized how much i loved backpacking and hiking uh because i was just uh, every single every single weekend i could just pack up my tent and, and go camp somewhere i i, I would go um, so yeah, I think uh, it was just like the next level to my photography to connect even more with the landscape and uh, just uh, develop both my passions for landscape photography um, and hiking, and I also discover discover I think a bit more my my style, especially uh, with with the night night shots, so night photography. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I I mostly started night photography over there, and it's like the perfect perfect place to, to start yeah
0: yeah I, I actually wanted to ask you um what is your favorite spot on in New Zealand
1: um I have to say uh so it's in Moncook National Park and probably know it it's Sefton BV it's like a really tiny mm-hmm. tiny hut that holds maybe three people uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on top of the mountain and um Oh my God, I had like the craziest experience up there. Have you been up there?
0: Um, I actually wanted to go, but I didn't go and I hate myself for it. But, yeah. you know, always a reason to go back.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so basically, um, when I was working at Malkuk, uh doing housekeeping, I had like that, that constant view on Moncook and that little hill, well, mountain where the, the, the hut is. Mm-hmm. And I really, yeah. really wanted to spend a night up there and plan it at the same time as there would be um, uh, the southern lights in the forecast. Yeah, yeah. And also, so you, I wanted the southern, the southern lights, I wanted the clear sky, and uh, I waited three months for the perfect night. Uh, and then also I had to be free. And then it just happened. like the, the forecast, everything was perfect. So I decided to go up there and then I spent the night up there and then the Northern Lights started dancing and then there was like the Milky Way right up, like in the back of the hut perfectly aligned and oh my God, I think this was like one of the most exciting shots I, I had, I had ever taken, just like everything aligned perfectly and you know when you have like imagine a shut for like three months and just everything happens. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. yeah. It was it was so crazy and also because there's no trail, we need to go up there. So you kind of need to do a bit of uh, scrambling and, and, and off yeah. trail. So it was not the easiest uh, spot to find, but I think it, this is why I I find it so amazing because not many people have been there. So yeah, this is definitely the best spot. In New Zealand, in my opinion, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned like um, night photography, and I know that you're like drawn to a darker visual language. How would you describe your style, or how did you like find your style?
1: Oh my God, it's so difficult. But I think it's so difficult to explain. But I think it's just by shooting over and over and over. I just realized that. Uh, warm colors in general just don't have the same effect on me. I like to experience a beautiful sunset, you know, or just having the warmth of the sun on your skin. But in general, the, I, I there's just something in 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 the cold tones that gets me. And uh, mm-hmm. even if even if let's say if I do a a seven day trekking where I would I will shoot sunrise, sunset, and night nonstop. I will always start by editing the, the night stuff or the blue hour stuff. And maybe at the end, do the, the sunrise or the sunset with, with the warmer colors. It's, it's difficult to explain, but also when I look back on my, um, fashion styling, um, work, I already had, Mm -hmm. um, a preference for colder tones, um, and very dark and uh, minimalistic and very like, um, strong elements it's very strange my my mm-hmm. work as a fashion stylist is looking like a lot my work for landscape um yeah. so yeah i think it's just something that i had in myself and then i just kept pushing and you know when you have a uh, different style sometimes people they have some comments so i i, I was having some comments that my stuff i don't know it was like too dark too contrasty too blue too too much of that and of that and then i just kept no. doing it and pushing even though i maybe some of the people around me didn't really like it and uh, i think that if mm-hmm. i wouldn't have kept, kept pushing for my style i would not be here today so i'm really happy that i just uh, kept doing what i wanted to do and just ignore the negative comments about my work so
0: that's actually a really, really good advice. Um, stick to what you like, and at some, even if like people say that it, it, they don't like it. Like if you see the potential in it, and if you know that it's like if you like it, then that's like you already won as yeah, an exactly. artist, right? It's
1: just a feeling. Like if if it feels right, then keep doing it. But I think there's also a difference between ignoring negative comments. And accept accepting or being open to constru- uh, constructive feedback, because the, the constructive feedback is so important to grow. And I used to be very scared of it, but now I have some friends. And before, let's say before I put out some work, I just send the image and then I I wait to see what they're telling me. And sometimes I take it, sometimes I don't. But it's just so good because sometimes you're so caught up into your own editing and. It, sometimes it becomes very let's say too intense um in your style so it's good to have a second pair of eyes that look at your work and they're like oh no this is this is very distracting or this you shouldn't leave or whatever so yeah like ignoring the ne- negative comments uh, about your work but accepting the getting feedback also because it really helps uh, developing your style and just getting better i think it's scary super scary <laughs> yeah yeah
0: yeah for sure um I think you but you also have to be like self-aware and like look at your work and think like am I improving am I going into like the right direction because often we like like, because we do so much repetition um we don't kind of see the progress and we, we like because it's just like we do it all the time all the time and it's It just becomes such a normal thing that we sometimes forget to like take a step back and think like, am I like developing for the better or am I stuck? Um, How do you, how do you think, like, how do you, how would you say to go about like developing your skills?
1: So I, I definitely had some uh, periods in my uh, (laughs) journey where I felt like I was plateauing just like not improving at all mm-hmm. and everything I was putting out you know when you put a photo and you there's just something that does not feel right and you're annoyed by it and you don't know what it is um so I I was mm-hmm. experiencing that a lot for um for a certain time um but then I just decided you know what I'm just gonna just um push myself to learn new techniques and really learning new techniques uh-huh. just unblocked everything so i realized that i was stuck and i was plateauing because i kind of like topped up everything all the, the 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 techniques i could do with the knowledge i had so i had to um unlock new knowledge to be able to access to my maybe new style or just stuff that it's a little bit a little bit mm-hmm. more advanced or that feels a bit more like what I have in mind, and doing that just helped me so much because now I can really like anything I can imagine, I can do I can in the editing and the, so I think this is what really really helps helped me um, just keep improving. so learning new skills and just being an eternal student is the best thing you can do too um when when you feel like you're not inspired or whatever so and also I have to say uh, another Mm -hmm. thing that um happens a lot when I'm not inspired I realize that maybe it's a time in my life where I'm having personal problems uh let's say relationships friendship whatever so I try to uh fix it and then as soon as I fix it just the inspiration comes back so I don't know, maybe because we're artists and we're so prone to uh, being influenced by our our feelings for creating. For me, when I'm in the bad place, I'm not creative. But I know for some people, it's the opposite. When they're in the bad place, they're like creating, you know, writing songs, drawing, whatever. But for me, it's like the opposite. So I, I need to be happy and feel good with myself to be creative. So that's another thing I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. There's no artistic growth without personal growth as well. Um, so, yeah, that that definitely applies to me as well. Um, like, I know that whenever I'm the happiest, it's also when I'm, like, in terms of, like, personal life, um, then I'm also really happy with my work. And so, yeah, it's really important yeah, to have sure. that balance. Um,
1: so I'm just happy that I'm not super creative when I'm, sad because then I would have to be sad all the time (laughs) to to put good photos out there so I think it's good
0: (laughs) yeah but I mean I think with um, our jobs being like a travel and adventure photographer there's a lot of self-discipline where you have to push yourself Um, and when you're not in a good place then you also you're not motivated to like hike for three or five hours to a mountain you know when you're just feeling like sad or whatever like of course it's it's probably gonna be good to like clear your head but you need like the motivation to go on the hike yeah
1: yeah yeah for sure for sure Mm. i mean um i think for me what motivates me the most to go hiking is really the the feeling that you get when you let's say when you reach a, a summit Mm-hmm. the feeling is is the number 1 and then the photos is the number 2 and i think mm-hmm. this is what makes a big difference between the people who do landscape photography for a long time and the people who who just do it because it's trendy or whatever you need to have the passion mm-hmm. just and for the job. yes you need to have the yeah. passion for yeah. the for nature and hiking and being out there because otherwise it's going to be really long and miserable <laughs> <laughs> process. For yeah, time. I agree. <laughs> when you have to hike for miles and miles with no sleep, uh, you're thirsty, your legs hurt, uh, oh my god. It has to be more yeah. than just the photos.
0: Yeah, that's true. What is uh, like the the longest track that you uh did or like hike?
1: Yeah, so uh the longest trek I have ever done uh was in Nepal and uh, it was uh 18 days. Wow. And, um, and it was really different because uh, basically um, I got hired by a, a woman. She hired me to follow her on that trek to take photos of her uh, okay. in, while trekking. And then after that, she would use uh, these images and then organize trips for the next years. So mm. it was just me, her or a guide uh, and then a porter for 18 days and um, it was really really amazing but uh, like it just made me realize that you know I I, it was good that I I was enjoying trekking because the landscape photography opportunities were so minimal that Mm. uh, I think I would have gone crazy if I would just do that for the for the images Um, because Mm. in Nepal what happens is that most of the time you need to trek for multiple days but through like villages and rice terraces so you don't really have any sights of the mountain before many days and oh, okay. and when you reach like base camp let's say like Annapurna base camp which i did or even everest base camp you don't you only stay there for let's say a day or a night and then you come back um mm. so it's it's really mostly about the trekking i can't say it's the most amazing place for Landscape photography or I would probably need to go back and then do more exploration, specifically in the mountains, to find potential. But it's really an amazing place for trekking because um you stay in like guest house. So you don't have to carry mm-hmm. any camping gear or whatever. You just stay in little guest house and yeah, like it's you can't get lost, it's just impossible. Just like all the trails mm-hmm. are really well um marked and um the people also is just amazing.
0: Hmm, so that uh, sounds great yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: it was really really nice experience 18 days i came back i was in the best shape of my life oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. yeah yeah it was really amazing I'm, I'm actually
0: curious what is the food like in, in nepal, nepal or like or like in those like if you do those tracks do you just eat at those guest house i guess
1: yep exactly um and you don't have to plan anything so anyway well Normally in the morning, there's, you have a lot of choice. You can eat pancakes, uh, eggs, because, you know, they know there's like so many tourists that go there. They have to have a certain variety of food. So it's basically pancakes, oatmeal and eggs. And then for lunch and dinner, um, it's either the traditional food. So it's called the dalbat. And it's like rice with lentils and some vegetables and sometimes some meat uh, and stuff like that. But sometimes on the menu, uh, there's pizza and pasta and, uh, you know, oh, all wow. kind of American food. Yes, they have to because they know that otherwise the, the, the people would go crazy without the <laughs> with only rice. Right. Yeah. Um, no, no, of
0: course, I get that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, but it's funny because yeah. it's like the same menu for every single guest house uh <laughs> pretty much everywhere uh, in nepal and i think i heard that it's like the government that is, issue that particular uh menu so mm-hmm. uh you know the people give enough options to people but yeah you're kind of eating yeah. the same thing but there are still some choices So it's pretty good yeah
0: yeah okay i get it yeah um well as we're talking about traveling this is probably always one of my favorite questions to ask my guests uh where's the favorite place you travel to
1: oh my god um i cannot choose between peru and patagonia it's just uh both mm-hmm. are so wild i feel that peru it's people usually go to the same spots and 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 yeah, I've been spending a lot of time on Google Earth finding new places that I am dying to go. I was actually supposed to go there in June for a workshop and then stay after to do some personal shooting, but I had to postpone that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think Peru, it, it excites me a lot in terms of just crazy opportunities. But Patagonia, the mountains there, they're so photogenic. It's like mm. you, you, they're photogenic from the road. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and it's just uh, the the peaks there. That I, I I I want a tattoo of it. I just uh, <laughs> I can't get enough of it. They're so nice, so beautiful, and um, I, I would say that the advantage uh, in uh, Patagonia is that you don't need to trek uh, for a long time in order to get good photo opportunities. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you can't literally trek for, like uh, let's say. Two hours and then you already have crazy compositions or like viewpoints or whatever compared to oh, Peru. Really? That, yes, it's it's crazy. Like oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, I tell you, like there's so much you can shoot <laughs> uh, in only like five days. It, let's say in, in El and in, in five days, it's enough yeah. to be able to uh, shoot most of the stuff. And uh,
0: oh wow, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There's a uh, and it's very well for me. I find it way easier than let's say if you compare to peru where you have to trek in high altitude for multiple days just to reach like one viewpoint uh yeah yeah, yeah yeah but patagonia i mean even Chalten, you can shoot straight from the little village there's like a little hill in the back and uh-huh. you shoot straight from there with like a long lens and you get that compression and it feels like you're straight at the base of the mountain and you've only wow. uh, only hiked for like 15 minutes so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a crazy place.
0: Wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually funny cuz like whenever i see photos from there i'm like blown away by the beauty of the those mountains it's just it's just out of this world. Yeah. But for some reason and i don't know why it's it's like in my in the back of my head i'm like that's going to be a destination i'm going to go to sometime in the like further future does that make sense yeah yeah i don't know like I, feel, I i don't know why it is like that but i just feel like i want to save that place yes because it's so amazing for someone sometime in the future when i'm you know like i don't know i don't know why i have this but it's <laughs> just for me
1: maybe because you're setting very high expectation for yourself because there's a lot of <laughs> photographers that goes there it's like in april over there oh my god it's full of photographers like they're everywhere it yeah, yeah. is it's just a lot of high quality images that are made from that specific spot so i don't know but it, i think it's good hmm. cool that you keep it for later because anyway right now it's kind of like a big trend and there's just a lot of images from there so maybe in in 2 or 3 years it's just going to die down a bit and and then you're going to go and then you're going to crush it <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i, I don't know like for me, like I, I never really think of places um, if they are overshot or if they are cliche and blah blah blah. Like I love finding places that are completely like unshot yeah. and new. But at the same time, for me, like if I want to see a place, then I want to see it for me, and I don't care if it was shot a million yeah, times. Like
1: hundred percent. It's I just want the experience. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm so on you with that. Uh, I think that you know. I can't I, I hear a lot, especially from the landscape photography community, like, oh don't go to Iceland, it's been overshot, like I don't even want to go there because I there's like too many images from there. Like so what? There's always a way to go there and and, and find a new angle or, or um get like different conditions or whatever. I'm like, it's it's like if if this specific area or country or spot speaks to you, then shoot it. Like you shouldn't restrain shooting something that have been shot like many times before it just doesn't make sense to me. Mm. no no i agree yeah.
0: and i mean i mean like it's also kind of an excuse to not be creative exactly. because you can, you can if you're a good photographer then you you're you're gonna like get great photos out of everything if you really really put in the work yes. so yeah it's just a, a an excuse yeah
1: absolutely um And that just reminds me of the the last shot I I posted on my page. Um, It's uh, from Vestahorn, Stocksness area. And um, I mean, there there are billions of shots from that spot. But for me, it was a a spot that I really, really wanted to find a different way to photograph it. So I spent literally, Mm -hmm. I went there like literally 10 times within two weeks. And I just dedicated my entire time into finding something different. And then I found a little hole, okay? I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know which I know yeah. The shot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So a little hole, okay? And I, I had yeah. my 1224. And then I'm like, huh, maybe if I stick my camera in that hole, and the hole was facing towards the mountain, maybe if I stick it there, and then maybe if I try to shoot that panorama from the cave, whatever, it was like, so complicated and long to shoot i spent like so many hours just trying to focus because the 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 hole was like 30 centimeters deep so finally i was i was able to shoot the hole and then i mixed it with like another shot i had i had taken like um i think the day before at blue hour and then another one from the northern lights and then i just created something out of it but that was still it was a composite but still like um quite representative of the reality because the, the hole is really there and, and the aura was, was really around the mountain. Um, but then I, I was like yeah. super proud to, to have found something like that. And then I shared it to um, a big um, landscape photography group. And then lots of photographers being like, what, there's a cave there? No, you're lying. There's no cave there. Yeah. I've been there, there's no cave. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm going to show you the freaking rocks. There is a little... There is a little uh, shithole. It looks really bad from the outside, but <laughs> I can tell you it's there. <laughs> so I think this is the best example. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, if, if, even if it has been shot billions of times, there's always a way to find another angle or a new way to photograph it, always.
0: <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and it's, it's, so, it's so important to have that, you know, like that, Curiosity to just try something new because maybe, yeah, maybe it's gonna look shit, but maybe it's gonna look amazing and you're gonna like learn something new. So it's, you know,
1: it's always always worth going for it. And uh, I mean, I I came back uh, from that trip in February and I didn't even touch the images because I didn't think that I would be able to create something. But then I look at my work and finally I was able to create something and Yeah, exactly. You need to shoot it because you never know. Maybe, maybe it will give something nice, and maybe it will look horrible. But at least uh, you're trying uh, new stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, What about like um, places that you haven't visited yet, but you would love to see?
1: Um, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of spots that I've pointed, just like saved from Google Earth. around peru and patagonia but in terms of like new Mm -hmm. area that i haven't been i think either alaska or yukon um just i think Mm. maybe alaska with the mountains and the glaciers i just love glaciers and yeah the glacier tongues mixed with like the the huge mountains and i think that the there's not that many people there uh from what I heard, so the trails are not like that crowded because it's so remote. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I think I think we should plan a trip. Oh my god, that would be <laughs> I so really want crazy. Yes. Yeah. And uh I think there's like a little red hut over there. I don't know, Hatcher Pass. Oh yeah, it's just, just like yeah. it reminds me of Sefton BV in in New Zealand. So yeah. The hut system I think is pretty pretty cool too over there. Hmm.
0: yeah it's uh it's amazing um i follow this guy oh i don't i'm so bad with names but i follow this guy who um posts posts like crazy shots from alaska and every time i see photos from there i'm just like how how does this place exist i want to go there now yeah. it's it's just incredible yeah yeah
1: well, we'll, we'll
0: yeah make well, it there. yeah for sure um yeah, I think uh we're gonna wrap things up here. Um but yeah, everyone please uh go check out Kat's her, um Instagram and what uh do you have a YouTube or I don't anything else no, that i should follow
1: <laughs> Just just Instagram. That is <laughs> perfect for me. Just in, yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, so thank you. It was so much fun talking to you. Yes. So Talk soon and maybe uh, let's organize a trip together.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right.